Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening and welcome to episode 28 of Rule the Roost. I am Wendy Coys, that's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Right, I, I, I don't know, quite know what's going on here, but I seem to have been usurped here, Miller. What, what's going on? Oh, Coys, is, is, that, is that Jack? That is, this is, this is, Raj, what's, what's going oh, on, hi, mate? Jack. I'm sorry, I, I thought Raj had told you what was happening. Um, this is awkward. We'd made a change to the lineup. Yeah, could you not heard? We'd I transferred you back to to the fighting cock, and we'd, we'd got Windy in instead. Wait, they don't want me back. So is that me out my ear then? Oh, it, was, it was a um, it was a Windy plus drugs um, exchange that we'd done with them. Mate, mate, if you're stuck for um, podcast, you could always try um, Hotspur's Half Hour. Hey, they're looking for <laughs> new contributors. It's really good, honest. It's, re- it's worth a listen. The, uh, the songs, eh? For the songs. Amazing. Um, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, so, please, give, give us some backstory, because what's going on here? Because, uh, you know, this has been dropped to me. I feel quite... I'm sorry, Flav. I'm sorry, mate. This isn't me firing the shots. This is Baines. He's, a, <laughs> he's gone rogue, mate. He's, he's taking your talent. But what, there is a reason why you're here, isn't there, Chris? I just thought I'd pop in and say hi. Um, so... I was meant to be on the fighting cock tonight and I'd, I'd, I'd done loads of prep as I always do before going on the fighting cock podcast and got to the train station, ready to head into London and all the trains were canceled because of the flooding nearby. So, uh, I was, I was left with nowhere to go. So I've, I've come home, had a, a, a lonely meal for one in front of uh, the TV and now I'm chatting to you guys. And you've come home um, metaphorically as well to this podcast where you, where you truly <laughs> belong, the, um, the Thinking Man's Tottenham podcast. This is you, I would, you, you've told us in private before. This is where you aspire to to come and give your youth <laughs> updates full time. So there's no Lots need to hide it anymore. Direct messages on Twitter and things, isn't there? And you know, the lot, the lot. Sorry, it all happens. WhatsApp group, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> all time. So Everton, what what's everyone think about the Everton game? It was it was a bit of a worry. Um, obviously, very very slow start again, as we've become accustomed to under under Sherwood. Really, um, very poor performance, pretty much from all of our players. And I've seen lots of sort of um, well, Everton played well, and but I, I think lots of people have overegged how well Everton played because they didn't really create any clear cut chances, and uh, there's been lots of. Um, Lots of talk about how few shots Spurs had. I think we had two on target, but Everton only had three. Um, I think it was a pretty even game overall. Everton played a better football. Obviously, Adebayo was a different team between two, two, two teams. I think it, had Lukaku been playing, it might have been a different story. They looked completely toothless, didn't they? Um, I mean, one positive for me that 
I mean, I, I know I've been particularly kind of critical of the lad in. in I, don't, I don't think particularly critical, but for me, one of the one of the highlights of this game, I feel, was Bentaleb's performance. I, I genuinely thought Bentaleb was really good in this game, and I, I personally thought the, the the weakest link in our midfield was Paulinho. I thought he had an awful game against Everton, but it seems to be that um, Bentaleb got pretty jumped upon by the fans. What, what did you make of him, Roger? I mean, where, where do you? Because it seems to be the midfield where we lost most of the battles. Yeah, I don't think we, we've got the the shape or the the, the kind of the, the mixture of personnel quite correct in the in the midfield at any time. Um, even probably since the beginning of the season, not since not even since Sherwood's come in, not that he's he's perhaps made it any better. Um, I do agree that Bentaleb was was probably the best he's ever played for us. Um, since he's come into the first team, he looked a lot more assured. Um, he's looking a lot better. I, I want to see him give him a rest at some point soon, though, because the amount of football he's playing isn't isn't the best for him, especially with the, the fixture congestion since since around Christmas, since when he started really playing a lot. Um, but Polino as well, he looked. He, he, it's not that he looked necessarily bad. It was that it, the fact that he'd not played as much football, and he played really well when he'd come back from injury against Hull. But he, he did look very leggy very quickly. Um, against Everton and the amount of running that we had to do chasing the ball and and the fact that we didn't have very much of it was was probably half half the reason he looked so so tired. Yeah, well, I mean to say it was awful. I think is what I did say to backtrack. Sorry to do this, but I don't know about he just seemed like a passenger for for large amounts of the game that he'd pop up and you you'd remember oh yeah Polinia's playing today um, and that's kind of not what you want from you. All action midfielder, is it to be honest? But quite surprised with the the substitution of Ericsson. Um, but oh, I'll tell you what, I, I'll throw a cat amongst the pigeons between you two. Aaron Lennon, Aaron Lennon, possibly the the worst performance I've seen him play in a Spurs shirt for quite some time. Um, is it, it does he need a rest? It was his worst performance uh, since 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 last week, where, where he was absolutely terrible. I thought against Hull, I, I honestly thought in that whole game he was hiding from the ball. I think he he seems to be so low in confidence all of a sudden that he was he seemed to be doing his best to avoid making an angle to receive the ball against Hull, uh, and and likewise against Everton. It was it was a similar sort of showing for him that the one on one with. Um, Jack Yelka was was almost embarrassing. I mean, you'd expect someone with Lennon's pace to be able to to knock the ball on the outside of Jack Yelka and, and skin him, but he he didn't have a, a chance of getting around him. Jack Yelka read it, um, showed him up basically. And I think Lennon, I think he's got one goal and one assist in the league this season. He's just he's just not productive enough for us. And although he's you know he's a he's a very hard worker defensively on the whole, um, I don't think that's enough anymore. I think we should be looking to well. I was going to say we should keep talking, but we have Lamella. Fingers crossed if if he sort of beds in and becomes the player we we hope he can be. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say I think I live too close to comfort to his family to ever truly say anything um, derogatory towards Aaron Lennon. Um, I obviously appreciate the input he has um, when he's fit, but he, since he's come back from injury, he's always looked like he's running on empty from almost the first minute. He's not been the he same does, player. He? Yeah. Looks absolutely na- like I thought this the other day. He looks absolutely knackered from the kickoff. Which you know, when you when your game's based on being one of the fastest players on the pitch, then it's not it's not gonna do you any good. Um so that was that was a real worry. Um I think the one thing that I, I pointed out after the game as well is um the first time that Sherwood's actually impressed me with, with what he said to the press because 
his admittance that we weren't good at all and that even though we haven't played to, to what anywhere close to our potential and still one was lucky, I think that was that was a brave thing for him to say because there's quite a few managers that would um would try and spin that in some manner that, you know, it showed um some sort of determination or something like that. But the fact that he'd he'd come out and said that was was something that I'd appreciated more than I, I usually had with his performance in front of this press. I mean, I've I've generally got no problem with um, how Sherwood's handled the press. I mean, I know he's not the most articulate and he can be a little bit embarrassing with the way he phrases things. But I do kind of admire the fact that he's quite honest or, or certainly appears to be quite honest. But actually, I thought um, I was a bit concerned that he said after the game that um, they wanted to put pressure on Everton higher up the field. Bearing in mind that he played Dembele as the most advanced midfield player and Paulinho then slightly further behind him, whereas it seemed to me logical to play Dembele in that slightly deeper role with Paulinho as the kind of the pressing midfield player because he's done that role pretty well in, in a couple of other games this season. It seems to suit him. Obviously, Paulinho has also got much more of an eye for goal than Dembele and scored in the last game, so it would have made sense to have him as the most advanced. So I don't know what you guys made of that decision. Um the Dembele and Paulinho partnership, you know, when they're playing the same midfield band, it's it's never worked. They've never clicked, and because they're so, because they both want to do that dual job of one of them going forward and and sometimes hanging back and starting from deep and doing that deeper run. Paulinho's best performances have come when he's 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 not had that responsibility whatsoever. He's been pushed slightly higher up the pitch, and he's got the one role to attack, and then he's only got to press from there. And Dembele plays better when he's dropped further deep. So whenever they're they're asked to to go anywhere close to each other on the pitch, they end up getting in each other's way. And um, for me, the the one thing that Bentaleb doesn't do perhaps as well as as Kapu or Sandro is. Because he because he's slightly more attacking, because he gets involved with the play a bit more in terms of when we actually have possession, rather than just breaking up the play. He's not like a, he's not got that defined speciality or that defined role as a as a defensive midfielder as, as Sandro or Capu do. So the other midfielders tend to help in that area a little bit more. So I think that that confused matter. I think that, that probably goes back to what I was saying before about the the structure of the side and the you know the personnel chosen not perhaps working and, and matching what he wanted to do with the with the game. Um and then uh, as Jack alluded to that that Ericsson substitution was um was odd given given the time of the game it was because none of us saw the added by our goal coming uh whatsoever. I don't uh, I mean there's there's against the run of play and then they scoring that goal when there seemed there seemed no chance that we'd would get anywhere close to Everton so um, it was a, it was a baffling game in, in in all honesty. I think it it defied most logic as to as to the way that would have gone. It was a very Tottenham performance from Everton in that the the, the, the like, they took the initiative at a game at White Hart Lane and still managed to lose. That's usually our trick. I've got a bit of a theory about the um, Dembele Palinho partnership. I mean, it's very interesting that you pick up that they haven't worked together because I completely agree that they they don't seem to have clicked at all yet. My theory is that. Paulinho is very much a kind of one and two touch player who'll want to um, give the ball quickly and then make a run and try and get beyond the striker. Whereas Dembele will want to have lots of touches. You know, he's, he's a very patient player. He wants to get the ball off centre backs, uh, try and beat a man, go square, go forward, receive the ball back a little bit further up, beat another man. And I don't think that suits Paulinho's game. He's much more direct. Um, I think AVB would have 
probably like to have worked with Palinho for a bit longer because he, he always talk, spoke about uh, vertical penetration and Palinho is perfect for that role. <laughs> <laughs> excuse, excuse the uh, the phrase. but it's um, like We've already been talking about porn, so it's, it's, it's no worries. And plenty of capoosh out, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> Not yet, um, you've just started it. You've, you've squeezed that one out perfectly. <laughs> Glad to line you up for that one. Teased it out. Um, I, I think my my biggest gripe with Dembele is that he's he's a player that has the attributes to to be really really fantastic, but just seems to lack whether it's the vision to play really kind of cutting passes or to actually just seize the opportunity and have a, a kind of a snapshot or just release the ball quickly, or that he's too scared to. I, I doubt that he's too scared to. But it just seems as though he, he retains the ball, he'll dribble past a man um, and often win the ball back as well if he loses it, but then just not really do much with all that possession that he seems to have. Yeah, I agree. I think he's... I, I like Dembele as a footballer, but I do think he's fundamentally flawed because he hasn't got a killer pass. He doesn't seem to have a any kind of vision. He doesn't score many goals. He's, he's good defensively, but he's not exceptional. So you do wonder where he kind of fits in, whether he's... The, uh, oh, I hate the phrase, but he's more of the shuttling midfielder who'll work between two others. So it kind of limits him what what he can achieve on the pitch, and that's why I don't think any of the um, the top teams would ever would ever go for him, despite him being linked with uh, Manu over the last year or so. His um, his shyness in front of goal is is baffling, given that he he started life out as a striker and an attacking midfielder, and that's what Fulham bought him for initially. So the fact that he, he he's worried to take a shot, maybe that. The fact that he was moved back knocked his confidence and made him doubt his prowess in front of goal somewhat. But he's obviously got a shot on him because that goal in Leon went in well. And when he does shoot, they're usually fairly close to the target. So he's not, he's not like he's a, a terrible long shooter like Andros Townsend or anyone. He's, he's, he seems fairly proficient at it when he has a go. It's almost like he just needs that encouragement to put his foot through it. I mean, I think his was it Norwich's debut where he scored that really good goal from yeah. uh, just towards the edge of the box, and he he always seems to want to take the extra touch to get it into the perfect shooting position. Whereas sometimes I think he'd be better off just having a crack from wherever he is because you're you're right, he does strike the ball well. Um, he just doesn't really get enough shots away, and 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 therefore doesn't come close to scoring enough goals. Well, I tell you what, lads, we could we could talk about this all evening, but we do have two guests waiting. So uh, on to the main event, which will be our two Newcastle fans who are waiting for us now. Well, well hello, welcome back to the show, Taylor and Bestie. Well, well, last time it was actually just Taylor, but we're joined by Bestie from the Taylor and Bestie podcast. Um, hello, lads. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What what was your excuse the last time, Bestie? Why weren't you here? Um, they haven't had electricity in my town. It's only just been discovered up here. So, um, <laughs> what about so I'm here now. I've got me little hamster working in the computer, and and it's all it all seems to be in colour and everything. So it's grand. Fair enough, and that's that's <laughs> a good enough excuse. Yeah, it's because um, he's because he's a lazy bastard. That's why he wasn't on. Well, you you, you steadied the <laughs> ship quite well, Taylor. You uh, you gave us a good show, so thank you very much. Oh, no bother. Happy to be back. Good man, good man. Um, so, uh, the season thus far, it's, uh, I, I don't mean to sound provocative, but the sale of Johan Kabai, it almost seemed like you'd kind of given up on what was potentially going to be a good year. Was he, I mean, I know there was a bit of talk of him hankering to leave, but 
it seemed a bit out of the blue that you just kind of sold him like that. Is that, do you reckon that's target it for you? I'll let you take this big one. Go for it. Cheers, fella. Um, has it buggered if I, it was a strange one because I was in Norwich at the time going down to the game down there. And it was the, the Monday night, I think, I had a, this bit of whatever it was, nine, ten million for him on Sky Sports News. And I thought, ah, that'll be that. Well, they'll, they'll not sell him now. And a day later, he was gone. Um, has it buggered the season up forward? It's been a contributing factor. Um, they still play perfectly well at Carroll Road, with or Cabiris. Um, the the main thing that's buggered our season that was being a couple of Tottenham World Boys, or one Tottenham World Boy and one um, fat Tottenham fan. Um, <laughs> an alleged Tottenham fan, at least. I think he is, isn't he, Mike Ashley? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, don't, don't, we don't want him, mate. We don't want I think him. It's, so. it's, he's, he's there if you want. Like, I, I don't mind. He's, they're just... <laughs> The way I look at it, if everyone just keeps on buying his stuff, keeps on buying his tat, Newcastle will just be dropping the ocean, so he'll not be bothered that much anymore. Lonsdale trainers, that's it, isn't it? That's what that's what's keeping him afloat. Basically, yeah. Lonsdale trainers in like, like oh god, like Slazenger t shirts and stuff. <laughs> Slazenger polo shirts, not even Slazenger tennis shirts, it's Slazenger polo shirts. Which... Have, you, have you been in one of his sports shops recently? You've got to you've got to walk right to the fucking back to find the sports equipment. It's like it, there isn't any sports equipment in there anymore. It's it's now you know like shit fashion that you would see somebody wearing at a bus stop. And it, it, you have to go right to the back, and you know you're not going to get a javelin in there. Put it that way. It's like hoodies with paint splatter designs, isn't it? And like stenciled logos, things that, like that. That's not paint. Where do you get javelins from these days? Yeah, uh, the javelin shop. Oh, of course, I. Yeah. Silly boy. <laughs> Does everyone know that already? Yeah. I'm sure there's there'll be an online um, an online emporium where you can buy javelins. You know, javelins are us or whatever. I, I, I doubt you can just buy a javelin. That's, it's probably cast as an offensive weapon. I think you it probably need be. a license or something to buy. A yeah, yeah. I, I reckon you need a license. <laughs> Have you got your javelin license? Yeah. I would say my Ashley's probably the most offensive weapon I can think of. To <laughs> Have anything to do with a sports shop? So going back to that, the, the distributor of like javelin mm. licenses be a javelin instructor, it'd be kind of, I don't know, it'd be a bit of a, a, a saucy, a name that's open for a saucy <laughs> interpretation. What do you do, sir? I'm a javelin instructor. Oh, yeah. I say. No, I, I genuinely just dish out javelin licences yeah. for aspiring sportsmen and women. Young young Stephen here used to be a bit of a javelin instructor in his time, but we've both... <laughs> so. That was a long time ago. I, I, I didn't make the money I was told I'd make of it. <laughs> was, he a, was he a solo competitor? He was, yeah. <laughs> yes. There you go. So, but I mean, goodbye. Like he, he seemed pretty integral to your side. I mean, do, do you re- do you resent the bastard? Do you hate him now, or do you see why he wanted to go? I can't. I can't possibly hate him. He's got such a lovely little face. Um, it was it was hard because Kabai was the heartbeat of our team for a long time, you know. And we looked we looked obviously worse off when he wasn't playing. Um, and as much as he was a bit Hollywood and a bit flash sometimes, and you know, sometimes he. he he tried to be a bit over clever with things when he could have just been a bit more simple and he was a fiery little bastard at times as well. But we really missed him when he wasn't playing. Um I don't I don't begrudge him going to going to Paris Saint Germain. I think if anybody offered any footballer the opportunity to move from a team that only wants to finish eighth in the league and doesn't want to go past the third round of any cup competition to go and play in the Champions League behind Zlatan Ibrahimovic and in front of Thiago Silva, I think I think everybody would jump at the chance, wouldn't they? I'd say I, I'd play Bayern Zlatan Ibrahimovic any day of the week. But, yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> what, do, what do you make of it, Raj? Because 
we're we're sort of we're a team that's used to selling our major assets. Um, Newcastle looked like that. I thought they were having a good season. I don't know. You still might do. I'm just saying in the respect that it seemed like you were really pushing sort of up with us and Everton. And I, I don't know if, well, you might keep up with us. To be fair, we're not looking that great. Yes. I, don't even, I don't even know, really know where my point's going. But just, <laughs> do, you, do you think Newcastle will be as good without Kabai, Raj? Um, no, obviously when you lose your best player, you're never as good. But um, there was a deal in place already, wasn't there, for him to go? It came out. Well, there was, an, there was an agreement that he could leave. Whether the deal had been made or not, I don't know. But they, they definitely, he said that Newcastle had said that they would let him leave in, in January. Um, which which really boils your piss when you have Joe Kinnear coming out and saying, you know, we're not going to sell anyone. There's no player leaving the club. And then to know that there was a deal in place anyway, it's a little bit. But they've got history aligned to the fans anyway. So well, that's, that's what I was thinking. It's been said that there was a gentleman's agreement in place. Now, gentlemen are in short supply at Newcastle United at the moment. So <laughs> with whom Johan made that agreement, I'm not too sure. You need to get Dennis Wise back, mate. He was a man of serious integrity. Shut the fuck <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what happened when Pardew gets sacked. It'll be Kinnear manager, Dennis Wise above him. Oh, dear God. On, on a very, very kind of substantial step ladder. About to be above what, him, obviously. What you've got to remember is Kinnear's been getting paid 60 grand a month for the last... <sighs> however long it was, since August or whatever it was. Um you know, he'll be spending that on booze. There's a good chance he'll be dead in six months anyway, man. The amount of money he's had, he'll, he'll kill himself with that. No uh, bother. I don't think we've got any worries about him coming back anytime soon. Wasn't uh, he sacked because of the Kabai deal? Wasn't Ashley unhappy with the money? I reckon it was the final nail in, in, in his somewhat sizable coffin. <laughs> uh, piano, that, piano case. Yeah, yeah. Was that the fact he only got 19 million plus, plus friendly benefits or whatever they are? For, for Johan Kabai, uh, and I think Ashley wanted nearer upwards of sort of 25-ish. Um, I don't think that would have been too much to ask for a player in, in Kabai's form and how good he is. I think I think a few of us were a little bit surprised at 19 million, to be honest. Yeah, did you see, though, that Thiago Silva and Slatan Ibrahimovic, the day they signed him, didn't they came out and said he, he cost too much or something? Yeah, what, a way, the- what a way to inspire one of your new teammates. <laughs> It's just because he's a handsome bastard, man. They're jealous. That's all it is. To be fair, yeah, that's all it is. He's pretty fair. What? <laughs> what the fuck was all the all the joke in here, I mean, he he's mates with Ashley, isn't he? I mean, but what what purpose was he actually serving? I mean, like, how, there's a lot of discontent at Spurs at the moment. You know, a lot of the fans aren't particularly happy with the chairman and things that have been perceived to be taking the piss out of the fans, but it doesn't even seem like there's a lot of perception when it comes to Ashley. It seems like he just straight up takes the piss out of you guys constantly. Well, I think, uh, actually, go on, Stephen, you have a go at this because you're, you're normally better on these things than I am. I'm not good. That doesn't speak very highly of you at all, Taylor. I've got grief. He's actually taking the piss out of the fans. It's such a fickle beast at the minute being a Newcastle fan because one week party was the best thing the best man Joe have had since Bobby Robson, this and that, and statistically he is. And the next week, you get beat 3-0, Sunderland, Chelsea beat you 3-0, and he, he's got to go, and, you know, get someone else in, instead of get anyone in. And I think there's a bit of that with Ashley. I mean, the year we finished fifth, it was, we had the peaks of kind of looking really, really good at points. Um, towards the end of that season, they played fabulously, along with kind of, we got beat 5-0 at White Hartley, and Fulham put five past them, and he changed the name of the stadium. Um, so you never really know where you stand. It, it's 
he's a bit like kind of a sleeping bear. When he's asleep, he's all right. Um, but if you if when he's roused, um, if you <laughs> want to put that mental image in, um, he tends to. I don't know. Is he, is he doing that on purpose? Obviously, he's made an absolute mint with Sports Direct, and he's kind of bought bought in like stuff like Slazenger and Debenhams and Fire Trap when when they've been when they've been struggling and changed their fortunes. But he just doesn't seem to know. Or he doesn't want it. He must hate Newcastle. I don't know what it is. I'm so confused. Does he <laughs> does he sell dupe at Sports Direct? <laughs> you, you've got to go to the official club shop for that now. It's when when <laughs> Demba Bar said he likes strawberry syrup to start selling it in the club shop. Um, and I think the the next big line of the NUFC direct or whatever it's called now is jump jump and um, like frameless glasses, <laughs> glassless frames. Well, those big black those big black rimmed ones. So you can be like Pardew. Yeah, that's the fellows. I do, I do. Um, we've uh, I'll, I'll, let's cut to one of our uh, listener questions um, from M Worthy at Not So Worthy, who asks, <laughs> "How many checkouts at Tesco's have you fucked up due to your shirts?" Oh, very, very good. Oh, yeah, yes. There you go. There you go, Hannah. Yeah, yeah, no bad. That's good. That it would have to be a really tiny little shirt, though, wouldn't it? But and me and me and Steve are both large gentlemen. Uh, and and also, I haven't actually owned a, a black and white Newcastle home shirt for about, let's have a think, a good six or seven years, I would say. Um, I stopped buying them a while ago. I think it was when Puma took over, I just thought, well, these are shit. Let's just stop. I'm just going to stop wearing them because they're horrible. And now they've got Wonga all over the front as well, so that's another reason not to buy them. So. Oh, that is horrible, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's nasty. Like, I got last year's one, um, but I, I tend not to wear them out because you, yeah, you just look like you're... Yeah. On the rob, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, have, you got, have you got Ranger on the back of it as well? I'd be favourite. I love my Ranger. Oh, <laughs> the same way I love kind of like piles. <laughs> Dysentery. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably those two things are actually more appealing than our Ranger as well. Um I had a better goal record in your custom show sure piles <laughs> more off Mr. James's park than Mile did. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. Scored at the beginning though, didn't he? For uh, Swindon. Did he? Yeah, he did, I. Lovely yeah. mail. He was just misunderstood. You're a big fan. You're a big fan of Nile Rangers, aren't you, Raj? I was gonna say they are in like League One, so it's hardly the best level he's playing out at the minute. No, no, that we're well, behind Walsall at the minute, so whatever kind of gauge that is. <laughs> did you just did you just read that off your match team tracker on your fridge there by any chance? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did. <laughs> it was that little pause gave you away. Between Walsall and MK Duns. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, take... while, while we're um, taking the piss out of you slightly, um, what's it like to see Sunderland make it to New Wembley before you do? You know what it is? The cup final's on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely... Uh, and they're all... I, I work in, in Jarrow, which is kind of halfway between Newcastle and Sunderland. And the, um, uh, one last... I said opposite Sam got her cup final ticket today. And um, I had to bite me tongue. I had to bite me tongue. Bless her. She was nice enough last night, but... God. <laughs> she, she be she be winding you up, man, has she? No, she hasn't. They've been even like I think the pity the pity were now, and that's kind of the that's the, that's the worst thing. thing. It, it's not here anymore. It's kind of like oh, beaten three 0 again. I'm going to cup final. Mm. What is it they've got over you at the moment? Is it like a lack of passion from your players, or is because they're not a better team than you? Well, we I mean. Player for player, apart from Adam yeah. Johnson, I'd say they're not as good a team full stop. Um, no, 100%. Um, there may be one or two more there, but I mean, come Derby days, well, 
the way we were set up as well, the, the Derby, we kind of pumped the ball on towards Shola for 90 minutes. Um, when they had John O'Shea and Wes Brown at the back, and two of the slowest defenders in the world, but you're not going to win many headers against them. We've been pumping the ball along to Shola for 15 years without any kind of result. Yeah. So you would you would think somebody would have known by now that it isn't going to fucking work, you know what I mean? Well, Keegan clicked, didn't he? Keegan, when he was manager second time round, said, that's yeah. it, surely I finished, yeah. Uh-huh. And then when he got pumped, Shira came in and Chris Hutton subsequently they kind of said, oh, I like this, lad. <laughs> I and wonder what he can offer. What can he offer, apart from a, a range of lovely hats? <laughs> what did you What did you make of us getting rid of AVB and bringing in Sherwood. It's always interesting to see what people think of it from the outside because there's a bit of civil war at the moment where you've got half of the people saying, you know, Sherwood should be given a chance. He's our manager now. Get behind him. And everyone else just saying, get him out of the fucking club, which <laughs> I'd probably say is more than half of the people are saying the latter. But like, does it seem as preposterous to, to, to you guys that we would bring in Tim Sherwood to be our manager? It was surprising when it happened. I mean... Like he obviously he's obviously been around the club for a long time, so he knows he knows the place inside out. But bearing in mind he's had literally no Premier League managerial experience whatsoever, um, and the only person I can think of that that's who's ever done that in the past has been uh, come straight into management and into that first job in the Premier League was Gareth Southgate, and that didn't work out very well for him in the past. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and uh, it just really it, it knocked me sideways because Villas Boas is obviously a very good coach. He's a he's an up and coming. He's a young manager. You know, he's still in his in his sort of mid thirties. He's not an awful lot older than than us. Uh, that's me and Bestie, by the way. I'm not sure about you lads. Um, so he's 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 you know he's got a lot of time in front of him to develop. And I think it was a it was a shame that he got the the boot as quick as he did. I think he pisses people off. I think that's going to happen wherever he goes. Obviously, the Adebayo thing—he just dumped him on the into the reserves, didn't he? And and left him there. Uh, but and Sherwood's brought him back, and he's scoring goals. So you know, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> took, took his goal brilliant yesterday as well. It was really, yeah, really strong. That great work. Yeah, but the, the lad when he wants to, he's he's a phenomenal footballer. But that's that's what it comes down to, essentially, with him, isn't it? When it, when he wants to. Yeah, yeah, he's really hot and cold, isn't he? I'm, I'm the same as Taylor. I was really surprised. I like um, Adebayo. I like Vers Boas. Um, and I was kind of... It, it was a bit of a shame because it happened to Chelsea as well, you know? Um, I mean, the, the results weren't great at Spurs at the time, but you've been top six, seven all season. Um, which, I mean, going back five years when Redknapp took over, famously, they hadn't won a game in 30 years or something, and whatever else Redknapp, whatever yarns he spun at the time. <laughs> um, and it, I thought show was going to be a disaster, but he hasn't... The, the Man City result notwithstanding hasn't been too bad. I don't know. It's 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 hard to call. Raj, you're you're often on point to offer fairly concise thoughts about Tim Sherwood. Um, we're not we're not a big fan, are we? No. Um, did you two watch the Everton game yesterday? I did. Yeah. Right. And I, what I, did I watched. You think? The, I watched the highlights. Like so. Um, it it was a queer one because Everton in the first half I'd say was a better side. Um, Danny Rose got down up the left and put some lovely balls in at times. Um, one that Adebayo nearly got his toe end on, if memory serves. That's right. Yeah, yeah. quite turn it in. Um, but I don't know. It, it's a funny one because Everton, are really, I think Everton are a really strong side. Martinez has got playing decent football, whereas I thought they were like kind of long ball elbows and knees merchants when uh, Moyes was there. Yeah, um, which was kind of proved by the way Man U played against Fulham yesterday. <laughs> um, the game for us was 
literally Everton were all over us for the large part of that game. We we were terrible. And to be fair to him, Sherwood came after the game and he even said we were terrible and we didn't play to apparently how he'd planned it. The fact that we won that game was was beggar's belief, really, because there was no way we, we, we actually deserved it, apart from the fact that the one chance we had, we took. Oh, your man in the your man in the first half for Everton. There, what's he called? The lad with the grey hair looks about forty six, but he's not. Ian Osman. That's him. Yeah, um, he, he he could have had four goals in the first five minutes or so, couldn't he, on his own? Yeah. Um, and you were you were pretty much passing the ball to him and just setting him up. It was like watching a game of heads and volleys. It was great. Um, but <laughs> I, I thought I, I, this is it's the old cliche, isn't it? You play, you play badly and you win. And, and how many titles did Man U win doing that? You know. You, you, you batter them for like 70 minutes and then they, they'd nick one goal at the other end. We know all about that. But they, yeah. they, they did exactly the same thing to us in 1996. So that, it's, it, that, but it, now they're playing things. miserably for 90 minutes and not getting the results. So justice yeah, is served. It's, it's not even slightly funny either, is it? <laughs> the thing is, I, I actually, I genuinely feel quite bad for David Moyes. I do like laughing at them and stuff, but it just it seems so uncomfortable. It seems like anyone that, had taken that job would be pretty much in the position that he's in now. Like I can't. If you were not, if you were the manager there, now would you not be straight up and not standing and dragging Fergie out of there by the back of his neck just to get him away? Because like it can't be, it can't be helping having him leering over his shoulder every five minutes. You see, you know I, mean? I'd agree with that. If like there wasn't a stand that he'd have to look up at every game and see his name, and there wasn't a statue of him outside this house, that's, <laughs> that's a fair, fair, fair point, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's why Ferguson had Mick Hucknall sat next to him yesterday. She said the Stuart's working through anyone out was going to be that twat. <laughs> I think um, Fergie had a, a rat in his kitchen and he didn't know what to do, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. Mick there. That was the role after the, after the fairground after the game. That's a simply red joke for those of you I, who I, are I, yeah, confused. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Love the thought of it. Um, very good. Very good. Uh, uh, would you have? I, I, I'll be honest with you, Raj. And it, it, it takes a lot for me to say this. I, I'd have, I'd have Alan Pardew over Tim Sherwood, if I'm honest. No. Fucking, 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 take him now. I'll drive him. I'll drive him myself. You can have him. The line you know what it is? I'll, I'll drive him down probably, tomorrow. I'd probably have Pardew ahead of Sherwood as well. To be honest with you. Experience. Oh, I, 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 I don't want either of them to be honest. Does, does, does Sherwood have to come in the other direction? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly. Oh, I'm not having that. Like for like swap. No, I'm not having that. You can, can imagine you those can... two together though. They seem like they'd actually get on because they're the same type of person in my eyes. Oh, mate, they're all from that same cabal, aren't they? They're like... probably going to like all bar one on a Friday night with blazers and jeans on, with bad like school shoes, chatting up lasses. That's what <laughs> that's what the pair of them are like. Hey, oh, Gil, Gil, Gil. Hey, oh, come here, come here, girl. You're a cheeky little drink. You're a cheeky drink. How much your fella earn then, girl? How much does he earn? Like that, you mean? One yeah, of them. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. There you go. Isn't that, that was the a... line you used to, to get with your last jack? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's what works down here. That was an uncanny impression of Alan Pardew, though. I must be honest, that was fantastic. <laughs> what is it? He, he called Pellegrini. Know, a that bo- just came to mind. It was, um, shit, <laughs> you noise, you fucking old cunt. Yeah. I thought he called him a boss eyed cunt or something. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't a cunt. He didn't call him, he called him a cant. Oh cant. <laughs> C A Y N T. That's the one, yeah. It's uh like Brian Cant, who used to do the voiceovers on children's television. <laughs> like that. Um yeah. He's he's a funny one, Pardew, isn't he? I, I think 
we had this conversation the last time I was on about him being a bit of a tit and about, you know, if he was a little bit more likable, I think people would probably be on side with him a bit more uh, when it comes to him making mistakes or fucking up or having an excuse. But because he's such an arrogant tosser sometimes, well, most of the time, um, I think when he when he does come out with his, with his bullshit after matches, you know, that one was for Mike or, you know, or science was against us this week. This week, it's... I genuinely said that after a game. Well, science is, actually? science is against me, isn't it? No, it's fucking not, Alan. It's the fact you're playing right wingers in the middle of the park and you're playing fucking centre midfielders up front. You tit. That's what it is. So, and this week, I think it's the media's fault. Everything's the media's fault, you know, because the media sold sold our best player uh, the day before deadline day. The media have lost the last fucking five games or whatever it is without scoring a goal. So, yeah, it's all the media's fault, Alan. Who, who is it to take up the mantle? Now Kabai's gone. It's Sissoko and Tiote in the middle for you, is it right? Yeah, I'm running Anita as well occasionally. I mean, what, what's, what's, how's Sissoko doing this, this season so far? Because I remember, like we were saying on the last pod, he had that first game against Chelsea and everyone was like, Jesus, Newcastle have got a player here. And yeah. then he just sort of disappeared. But he's, he's had a few good games recently, from what I've seen. It's his first, it was his first three or four games, I think, were really good. And then, and then he just seemed to look knackered all the time he looks now he, he plays about 20 minutes and he looks like he's blown out of his arse and I think was, game, was it the game on the Game Boy about 20 years ago <laughs> it was this Nintendo World Cup thing and you could kind of over the course of the game your player would power up and then he could just put his head down and run through the team and batter players out the way Sissoko seems to be like that but it takes him about 10 games to save up his energy <laughs> for 5 minutes of just kind of knocking players out the way yeah because he, he does those surging direct runs, doesn't he? Where it just seems yeah. like impossible to knock him off the ball. He, he does that. I mean, the, the problem is, I mean, the, the little I saw of the Chelsea game on Saturday, he seems uh, to be completely unable to control the ball. He, yeah. His touch is at times absolutely dreadful. It is, mind. His first touch tends to be a pass, like an accidental pass to somebody else, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it's, he hasn't learned yet that he can't that he can't run directly through people. Um, you know, physics being what it is, he, he he tends to think if I just run at this bloke, he's going to go out of the way. Um, and it and you know, most Premier League defenders won't do that. They'll they'll try. And maybe that's you. maybe that's what he does in training because like Stephen Taylor generally does get out of the way. That's a good point. Yeah. So he thinks what well, works in training. Why can't I do this against like Sunderland? And and what about old Fatem as well? How's he doing this year? Because you, you you know, I I don't know if you remember. Um, Taylor, but I, I tagged you into a, a tweet the other day. My mate um, Dan. That's who, right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. He, he was he was up in a restaurant with him. Um, well, not with him. He was in the same restaurant after a you game. You can't. You can't call KFC a restaurant. Come on now, stop that. A, an eating a, a dining establishment. That sounds a bit more poncy than restaurant, doesn't it? Really. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slop hole. There you go. He, he only <laughs> yeah. needs. He yeah. only needs another two stamps on his card and he can get a free half fucking southern fried chicken or whatever it is. <laughs> well, he, he, but he said, like, he, he genuinely had a big old portion of food on his plate. Something you wouldn't expect for, for a professional footballer. Like, he, <laughs> he, he, he does seem to, to yo-yo, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's definitely discovered Greg's up there, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been, he's been amongst the pasties, like, without a doubt. Um, he's, the thing is, you know, he's got all the talent in the world. And and I just wish he knew how to put it down on the pitch. Sometimes, he, he, but his his, his decision making at times is un, just absolutely unbelievably bad. Um, 
running at people and, and trying to shoot from stupid angles when, when he's got four blokes standing in the box waiting for a pass and things like that, you know. And, and you know, yeah, he's a bit weighty and he's carrying a bit around the middle, but he's not the same player that we had two years ago who was running through Bolton or, or running through, through the Blackburn entire 11. Um, he just looks like a different bloke. And I think his attitude's changed a little bit as well. You, I, I think it was you, wasn't it, Raj, the other day? You were particularly complimentary of what could have been with Hatton Benatha, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, um, what he used to be when he was younger reminds me a lot of how Eden Hazard is currently playing, which, you know, currently in the Premier League, you don't get much higher praise than that, the way that boy's playing. Yeah. Um, he just used to, to go past players, he used to have that, that tiny bit ahead of him where he knew where he wanted to put the ball and had a great strike on him. As you said, he used to dribble past entire teams sometimes for fun. But, um, you know, that, that match of injuries being managed by Alan Pardew and and putting on weight seems to have done done a really bad, had a bad effect on his uh, career. I think, well, I, I made this point last week on Twitter that I, I watched the, the Chelsea City game uh, and Hazard was, because it was a fairly defensive tactic that Chelsea played, Hazard didn't get the chance to be as free and creative and he was a little bit more restrained. But he was up and down for the whole game and he grafted his balls off for 90 minutes. And I put a thing on Twitter saying, Ben Offer needs to just watch that kid. I mean, he's, he might not have... Hello? Hello? I think that's just Taylor. Raj, you still there, mate? I am, yeah. <laughs> Taylor's gone. <laughs> ah, yeah, better off without him. He's dropped out. That's he's it. Just, I'm, just... I'm back. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, oh, bloody hell. There he is. I was in the middle of making an unbelievable. You were. You, that was rousing, and it? it's almost like you passed out. <sighs> like you, hadn't, you hadn't taken a breath midway through. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I think I orgasmed and everything just stopped. <laughs> so, uh, no, what was I saying? Um, all the best players, they all work. You know, that's it. <laughs> they're all good because they're good. Well, yeah, but you know, you can you can be good, you can be you can be technically brilliant, but if you stand around with your hands on your hips, huffing and puffing when something doesn't go your way, you're not going to get very far, are you? You know, it might just um, be because he's knackered, mate. Well, yeah, that's it. It might be that sausage roll in his pocket slowing him down. <laughs> what a good stitch! <laughs> it's probably us, yeah. Christ, I know what they feel like. Um, uh, what what what, are the, what have been the shining lights of your season, player wise? Who's sort of particularly been a, a a point of joy for fans? Aside, I guess maybe you and Kabaya. You and Kabaya—that's fuck now, isn't it? You know. Yeah, Remy was until about Christmas time. He was brilliant. Yeah, and then it became apparent that he wasn't going to sign any like, full time, and that was kind of the end of that. But it's still the sort of the. It's not even alleged. There's still the court case hanging over him, isn't there? Yeah. So that's probably. He keeps on getting bailed though. He, he's, he's bailed until next year. But he's not sorry later this year. Now it's, it's been pulled back about eighteen months in total. I think so. I, I, I don't know how much credence he can give it. Like, um, I'd love to know who's putting his bail up for him. <laughs> Somebody must have a few quid. Do you have you seen the film Jackie Brown? You know that Max Cherry guy of Jackie Brown. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it must be him. Samuel L. Jackson's <laughs> going to turn up at the court case with a gun. The current manager of QPR has probably got something to do with it. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. Oh, hey, now, look, at you've made a point there, mate. You've got to back that up with some evidence. That's good. I like that. I'm not that that's complete. Um, that, is no, that, you've, you've said it now. This should be like, but it's not all right with that. <laughs> allegedly. Say the word allegedly. You'll be fine. 
I'll, I'll allegedly be all right with that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There you go. There you go. It's just anything's all right if you can, you know, if you say allegedly. Allegedly, so I've heard. That's yeah. it. Or <laughs> rumor has. No, it's not even rumor has. I heard. I sources heard. believe. I heard my sources told me that Mike Ashley bought up all of the um, the leftover Jimmy Savile, uh, Jimmy Fix It soap on a rope medallions uh, <laughs> in order to make a tidy profit on them later on when it all comes full circle, allegedly. So there you go. It's not a bad idea, to be fair. You're, you're expecting that to come full circle? How's that going? <laughs> I don't have no idea. <laughs> the families of all the... No, I'm not even going to do that, no. I can't do that. Retro, you know, retro, people are into retro stuff, aren't they? They love it. Vin- vintage. That's what you've got to call it now. Vint- yeah. Vintage. Is that what we're calling dead pedophiles now? Is it vintage? <laughs> <laughs> That's BBC Vintage, that is. <laughs> right, so um, before we go back onto football stuff, we'll take you to one of the other listener questions. Oh, do um, it. Go on, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's from Stefan. Oh, um, not it, Freund, not Freund, is it? It's not n- Stefan Freund. It's not. So he's too busy jumping around, and actually, he doesn't jump around anymore. He's a bit. He gets a bit bullied now. I think he's Stephen a bit sad. He's just busy, like pretending he actually has a job to do at Tottenham anymore. Is he the one? Is he the one who had sex with a woman in the cupboard and had a burn with it? No, that was Boris no, Becker. Wasn't sorry, was Boris yeah. Becker. You've just got Germans <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> I was thinking about Kelly there for a second time. Oh, <laughs> Kelly! Oh, that was that was the midget in the cupboard, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. He's no. hidden in the closet. Are you, are you on about trapped in the closet where he, he sings about the midget that was hidden in the cupboard? That's the one. It is, that's what I was thinking of there, yeah. That's a fantastic cultural reference. It is. It's, it, uh, there's not a Kelly reference for every occasion, I find. See, this is the difference between your podcast and ours, lad. That would never have got into our podcast. There's no way it would have ever come up. <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly, you can even use R. Kelly in sort of alleged stories as well. So, you know, it does work quite well. Yeah, that's it. Got... What was, sorry, we, we completely cut off Stefan's question, didn't we? Let's, let's go back. To... That's, that's all right. This is more interesting, to be honest. Um, <laughs> sorry, Stefan. Um, is Stefan a, a midget? Because that would be brilliant if he was. I don't, let's have a look. I think he is. He appears <laughs> to be Mido. If, oh, does he? Right. Okay. Yeah, if well, it's, uh, oh, no, he's not actually media. I think it's... Fuck, I don't know who that is. Is that Thomas Brolin? I'm not sure. Maybe. Oh, well, I don't know. Who is it, Raj? You're better at football than I am. I'm just here to talk crap. Someone in an Ajax kit. Mido and Thomas Brolin aren't the most flattering of comparisons, I don't think. No. Yeah. Okay, if you can't tell the difference between Mido and Thomas Brolin, 
pos- possibly the most different looking men you can think of. <laughs> one small, fat Swedish one, and the other one, well, big, fat Egyptian bloke as well, yeah. So, well, I can't tell who it is because the picture's blurry, but that in no way looks at all like me, though. It's one of the most appalling lookalikes I've ever heard in my life. To, to be fair, I hadn't expanded the image at this point. I'd just seen, because I assumed it was a Spurs fan. It might be me. Anyway, his question is, football, <laughs> uh, his Twitter handle is at footballgogme. Um, right. And he says, a horse joking it and Mike Ashley walk into a bar. Complete this Geordie narrative. Yeah. Putting you on the spot uh, there, mate. Complete the Geordie narrative. Um, well... Well, Kinnear will be pissed within about five minutes, so um, somebody will punch the horse, as is what probably he was waiting for me to say. I think so, yeah. You should, see, you should have said play chess with the horse or something. No, trick, fuck, no, fuck that. It's pointless. Let's, let's, not, let's not worry about that. Let's get the cliche out of the way first. Bow to stereotypes. Um, obviously, the barn will ask him why he's got a long face again. Um, <laughs> um, and Mike Ashley will just... Probably try and sell, like, you know, those blokes who come into pubs with big bags full of, like, knockoff sports gear. He'll just try and sell a load of that to somebody. DVDs. Yeah, David, yeah, yeah. Blueies, yeah. Blue DVDs. You can't help but have a look. I, I never have an intention of buying any of them, but I do quite like having a little flip through all the covers and stuff. I see things that I probably wouldn't normally go to when searching on the internet for a certain type of video. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I know I've, what you mean. I've quite you've a restricted obviously taste, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, your, your taste in pornography is obviously very, um, very middle of the road. <laughs> of course, you know. But then when I when I see these things, I think, there's some other possibilities there for me, and I'm I'm comfortable having a look at this in public in a pub. But for some reason, at home on my own, I'm not quite as comfortable. There's probably something deep, deeply rooted. Yeah, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy a porn DVD, you're not gonna do it in the pub in front of all your mates, are you? Because you're not gonna put it in your pocket and keep it there for the rest of the afternoon or whatever. But you're I just go- think like the only people that buy porn DVDs now are like my dad. You know, people of that like who buys it anymore? And there's a confession for a podcast. There you go. <laughs> sorry, da- sorry, dad, but you know. <laughs> does he listen? Does he listen? Yes, he does. Nah, of course he doesn't. Oh, that's all right. He doesn't give a shit. Are you still there? Are you still there, bestie? I'm just trying to wonder what kind of like fiscal damage the internet's done to the um, adult entertainment industry. Like, you know, yeah. like Sven's adult books in Newcastle, is that still going? Um, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'll, a friend of mine goes in there quite regularly. Yeah. <laughs> a shop called Sven's Adult Books. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been there for God, as long as I can remember. Well, after after he um, after he left Leicester, uh, he didn't have an, an awful lot else to do. So <laughs> it, it's all just with Rory Johnson, isn't it? Basically, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's that's still open. You'll never catch Stan Collymore in there, though. No, no. definitely not. Definitely not. What goes him with an open hand? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. That's really allegedly. Yeah. I, I know he admitted to it, so it's not. Even uh, he did say it, that. didn't he? He did it. Anyway, yeah. Well, it's strange we? because this is the second week now that me and Jack have had a discussion about pornography across the internet. Oh, we have. Yeah. What was it? Lost. Oh, yeah. You lads, you need to check. What is it, Raj? What's the name it's, of it? Um, it's called uh, Fake Taxi on the uh, on the internet. Um, right. Okay. Internet. What porn we're only, site? We're, I was trying to find a more more eloquent way of saying it, but just the porn site called Pornhub. Um, I'm sure you're well aware. Lovely. Me, you know, I don't. I don't watch any of that kind of stuff. No. Um, no. Well, no, um, no, no, no. Well, uh, I do, yeah, if, I if do. do uh, um, jigsaw puzzles. There's, there's, um, 
there's, there's essentially a, a comedy series on there called Fake Taxi, which is in no way whatsoever arousing, where there's this like this almost like Tim Sherwood Alan Pardew character who drives around in a fake taxi and picks up the most staged <laughs> things ever and then it's is you he's, don't even need, you don't want to watch him going at it. The is the driver's What's is the thing? driver's is the driver's face uh, blurred out by? It is, time? you know exactly. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. There it no, is. No. Smuggy devil tail up I'm, here. We're gonna tell your mum. I'm just thinking, and it is. It probably is Alan Pardew then. In that case, if it's if it's been pixelated out, that's all I'm thinking. That's an admission to make that you've that you've already seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm just I just made a guess. That's what they <laughs> tend to do with these fake things, don't they? Because they don't want to give the face of the driver away, so that when he pulls up with some brassy tarts down on it. Uh, on a pavement, she's not going to go. No, I've seen you before on the internet, mate. I'm not getting in your taxi. That's what I. That's that's what I mean. Not that I've sat and watched it. Although I did enjoy the one with the uh, the Canadian tourist, but we'll not we'll not go any further into that. <laughs> we'll have a look afterwards. That's, yeah. a, that's a recommendation from us to you. Yeah, there you go. So, boys, the game this week, you 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 dicked us at the lane. I've tried to avoid that, but you did. did no, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We beat you 1-0 and you had 40 million shots on goal and our goalkeeper played like fucking go-go gadget. You, you know what it is? You dicked us. Crow was all right, but Tottenham's finishing was dreadful. This is it. All the, sh- it the, the thing is... Oh, no, it was 1-0. Remy. One. Yeah. It was 1-0 and it was uh, Royal oh, Remy. You, yeah. one, you had one for... Called offside, didn't you? Straight after. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, uh, which up, which yeah. wasn't offside either. That's correct. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, th- don't get me wrong. Like, um, what's his name? Christ, cruel. He had a uh, he had a good game, but like you say, the the stats flattered him because the majority of the shots seemed to be directly at him. Yeah. There was a there was a there was a couple of them though. A couple were, of great saves. Absolutely yeah. world class saves. There was, there was one for three kick in the first half that. Um, I forget it was a Paulino. Loved it, not that. Soldado headed it on. Soldado, and that was a lovely. And the second one, when they took the deflection going through, and he saved it from a free kick. And Yanga and Biwa, some I've still got no idea. Oh, Speaking yeah. about Sissoko bending the rules of physics, how on earth Yanga and Biwa's managed that? Oh, when he hooked it off the line, yeah, yeah, amazing, incredible. He's probably trying to foul someone. <laughs> the game yeah. is a lot closer in, in the way you remember it than I do. <laughs> I think it's probably because we had Brad Friedel in goal and whenever I see his name on the team sheet in the Premier League, I automatically assume we're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be said it was because of Brad Friedel we scored because he was a bit slow off his line where Loris is known for being... The man's like 40-year-old man. He, he can't come off his line at any sort of pace. If you've ever seen Loris play in the way that he's, he's batshit mental and just flies everywhere... Well, the, I think he's but, great. I really like Loris. Friedel's well, the time- just the complete opposite. By the time Friedel got his slippers on, Remy was pretty much celebrating. All <laughs> <that stuff. laughs> just tapping off the uh, the ash from his pipe, That's placing it, yeah. it down, you know. Just fold, folding his newspaper very carefully and putting it on his rocking chair in the back of the goal. And then, <laughs> Trying to work out who that taxi driver is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, um, this is actually the first time I'm, I'm actually going up to, to Newcastle to watch the game on one of the... the Few occasions that I can actually afford to to watch the match and uh, go somewhere. Um, oh, you're coming up, are you? Yeah, I've, I've I've looked at where the tickets are and everything. It's it's right up in the heavens, isn't it? Where you put the away fans. It's yeah. it's level seven, but you can still see all of the pitch and that. And there's yeah. no big what's the, there's um, no big pillars in the ground. Way like? what's, what am I to expect from there? Because I've been I've been all the way up in the heavens at, at Old Trafford before, and I've been up there in Elland Road before. You know, in the in the Canty Lever stand, the big one that they've got. Yeah, there, and I've I've seen. 
the style of like the pitch what you can see from there so is it is it a, is it a unique experience up in the heavens at St James's it probably is because I mean the view you'll get you'll be able to you get the pitch which is going away from you I'm, I'm trying to visualize it myself now and you get to see the the, the bridges because you obviously can see over the far stand the Gallagher and it's right at the hilltop so you can basically see the whole of the Tyneside from where you are um, so you you might not be able to make any of the players out, but you get a nice view of the local area. You see the time bridge, like I. It's <laughs> depending on what your view of Tyneside is, like whether you like it or not. It, you, you get to see quite a lot of it. Yeah, it was, a, it was a video when we played Arsenal. Um, was it this season? This season it was. And oh, that was so brilliant! It was so Arsenal. He obviously been there before. And he started video himself going up the stairs. And by the top of it, he was sweating his tits off. Like, this, <laughs> you can't stay this, mate. You've got to sort this out. He's like, just go to the fucking gym. Just sort your, your big, fat, sweaty fucking mess. Sort yourself out. It's not like Mike Ash is going to pay to have a, a lift put in there, is he? I would have thought so. Is it good as somebody used to have escalators? I'm sure they did. They've got, there, there is a lift there for, for disabled people and, and, you know, people users in wheelchairs and that kind of thing. But, and there's no comedy just, there whatsoever. So. Not, not whatsoever, but if you're just a big fat bloke who, who can't be asked to walk up some stairs, then you deserve everything you get, really, you know? Taylor? Um, yeah? Remember I am Alec Jameson from the Stags? I do. He used to be on level seven, but he got a disabled lift, even though his only disability was that he had one eye. <laughs> <laughs> he qualified. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he had a, he had a glass eye, didn't he? Not in Still has. He did. <laughs> yeah, Still has, he's not a new replay. <laughs> 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 and he, uh, yeah, he used to get the lift, didn't he? That's right. That's good. Right. Well, it takes us back, lad. What, are you, um, what do you make of the game, then? Do you think um, after, you've won your last, is it the last three that you've, is it the last three or four you've lost consecutively? 1-0, 2-0, 3-0? Yeah, we've we've we haven't won for a while yet. Uh, so when was the last when was the last game we won, Bestie? You know this. Sure yeah, we have Stoke on Boxing Day. No, West Ham. West Ham away. Come West on, Ham three one. You want to buy scored twice, and Mike Williamson scored, albeit again in- an own goal. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't we haven't played particularly well recently, and we've got a few injuries. Colacini's not playing, and um, Remy's two friends injured. Remy suspended. Kabai is no longer ours. Um, Even though, I mean, the, the two games we've lost most recently, Sunderland and Man City, um, sorry, Chelsea, I, I was expecting losing both anyway. And it, there's a lot of doom and gloom around at the minute, and I kind of, I, I don't really subscribe to all of it. We are in a bit of a mess. But I'd still, uh, I mean, against Norwich, that first half were brilliant. And that was without Kabai. Uh, granted, it was with Remy. Um, but I, I don't think things are as bad as people are making out. I think what it's what it has done, unfortunately, is it's just it's just sort of exposed how how small our squad is and or how little quality there is in the squad because you you lose two or three players and you're you're back to Dan Goslin, you know. Yeah. So it's not it, it's not ideal, and I mean we've got Tiote out as well, who's been playing really well recently. He was one of the few players against Sunderland uh, who who actually came out with any kind of any kind of uh, respect. I would say he played well. Um, whereas the rest of them are just headless chickens, um, and and it's oh, it could be it it could be a, a weird game. I mean, the last time we played, I, I was convinced you were going to absolutely bomb us. Um, oh, yeah, and and I think I said, but if we keep it if we keep it tight at the back and we get a cheeky goal early on, we might win, and that's exactly what happened. You know, so it, it's the same again. Really, it depends which Spurs turn up as well. I suppose. 
As we've been thinking today, I mean, Spurs are out at St. James's Park's terrible of recent of late. I think we've won three and there's been two draws. It's been awful, mm. yeah. We, we don't usually win up there at all. Um, the, uh, the thing is, we, our form in general at the moment is absolute dog shit. So um, <laughs> I, I suspect we might see an away win on Wednesday night. To be fair, you generally you generally seem to get the better of us, at least in my lifetime. I've always seen you as a team that gets the rub of the grain more often than not against us. That's that's my impression of Newcastle as well. Newcastle's never a game home or away where I, I feel entirely comfortable. There was that one one other two where we did beat you five nil. I think that was that was the day that Harry Redknapp got acquitted of of whatever he'd whatever he's put his money and, and that was the one time that we'd. We'd played well with Sahar and Adibayor up front, I think. And then yeah. and the well, one that always sticks in my mind is the game that I think it was Obafemi Martin scored an absolute screamer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, I remember that. Yeah, he, he, he kicked that ball so hard. I think time went backwards for a couple yeah. of seconds. It was an unbelievable goal, like, yeah. It was about, I think it was, wasn't it something, it was about 246 miles an hour he hit it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- that's, that's exactly how fast it was. Yeah, yeah. I seem the to same, recall that on, op- I think it was on Opta. The same speed as a small light aircraft, I think it's <laughs> roughly the same sort of speed. They, they did it with the red line. Jamie Redknapp drew a red line after the ball and everything. You know, was it was it in crayon? It would have been if it was it Jamie was, Redknapp. No, it was, he just gave his insightful commentary. So what's happened here is Martin just kicked the ball. It's gone in the goal, and that's a goal. Yeah, that's it. You know, a top top goal, man. A top top goal by a top top player. Terrific, <laughs> terrific yep. top top goal. Um, you're going to beat us then? Do you reckon? No. Nope. No. No, uh, you'll, no, you'll you'll win. I think Adebayo will, will play and he'll be a handful. Um, I think I think Defoe's going to go out with a bit of a hurrah. He's gone, mate. I no, don't think. You know, I think he, he not the end of the month, isn't it? I'm yeah, sure he's, it was his last game. Yes. Games left. Oh, is was that his last White Hart Lane game? Um, no, he's got. Um, Come on, this pro, is, I think he made, he this is your team. Pro. You should know these things. This no, is it's your because team. Um, <laughs> he had like a, a strange premature like sending off yesterday, and then Sherwood came out after the game and said that. He's actually like got him in his plans for the next few games, so he doesn't know why they were saying goodbye because he, he could well play at White Hart Lane again, which would be very embarrassing for a man that got paraded on shoulders around the thing to be then be selected again. It's like when you're ready to go home from work and then you realise you've left the keys in the desk and you've got to go back in the office a bit, isn't it? Oh, that's, <laughs> it. that's exactly it, isn't it? You get there, Tim, Tim Sherwood's waiting for you. You'll, you'll be a good and everyone goes, oh, morning! Oh, <laughs> Have you seen what um, Jermaine Defoe did on Twitter, though, like the day he got announced as a as a Toronto player? Did he get his cock out? Pretty much. He uh, followed two Canadian porn stars. Nice. <laughs> Literally the first thing, like, he'd, he'd not even landed in the country yet, but he'd, his priorities were sorted. Just laying the groundwork there. There you go, lads. <laughs> the, ne- the, ne- the Neapolitan swordsman. Networking, I think that's called, isn't it? Networking these days. Something do you like guys that. you guys know about the the Neapolitan ice cream thing? No, but please do tell. I'm always fun to hear a story involving ice cream. Uh, a young there was a kiss and tell about uh, Jermaine Defoe a few years back from a young lady that described his well, she, he he well he used to describe his appendage as being called the Hulk. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, it used to swell in such a fashion that his foreskin would be so tight around the middle of it, that it would go from brown to white to pink, and she said it looked like <laughs> Neapolitan ice cream. 
So he's <laughs> since been called the Neapolitan Swordsman. There you go. <laughs> swordsman. The Neapolitan Javelin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good link. That's a good link back to the start. That's I wonder really if he had a license. Yeah. Superb. Should get me Birmingham with Peter Love and Kranz, the two of them to team up and they do very well together. Have a no, cock off. No, I don't. Have a what, cock off, yeah. What, what's Peter Love and Kranz? What is he? I'd say he's probably about 12 inches. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, the, the, there's there's various rumours going around about Peter Love and Kranz that he's, um, that he's well endowed. Um, and whenever it's there's folklore piano, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, and and there was there's various um, times when you've had Newcastle players on Soccer M and stuff, and they've said who's the longest in the show, and it's always been Peter Lovecraft. Like no hesitation, it's <laughs> Peter Lovecraft. You know, I'm sure he's got a coat on chair legs and stuff before, and it's uh, yeah, it, it, the, the length of his uh, legend uh, goes far and wide, from what I know. Um, we even had we even had a song for him, which was. Um, his original song was was Peter Lovenkrantz, Peter Lovenkrantz. We got him on a free from Germany, Peter Lovenkrantz. That was his original song because we did. Um, and then we decided that that wasn't good enough, so it became Peter Lovenkrantz, Peter Lovenkrantz. He's got a massive cock. He tucks it in his sock, Peter Lovenkrantz. So there you go. Is this this is the same Peter Lovenkrantz that you you released, and then you just sort of a few weeks later were like, yeah, go on, we'll have you back then, mate. We did yeah. release him. Yeah, with the cotton calls about it. Yeah, we realised that um, Shefki Kuchi wasn't going to be good enough, <laughs> and uh, we got him back, didn't we? Yeah, that's a he, he did all right for you, though, didn't he? He never ripped up any trees, but he was he was decent. Do you know why he scored? He scored a hat full of goals in the championship, um, and then he, he was came joint up scoring. Him and Andy Carroll were joined up with then maybe with Northern actually when we came back up. Yeah. He was. Um, I thought he was fine. Northern Cranes are. Uh, there always be a table set here for him if he wants to pop over for a cup of tea with, yeah. it, with his big willy. It would, yeah. you know, it would need to be the caveat being it need to be when he was out. <laughs> did, um, yeah. did you actually enjoy that season you went down? Because obviously it's, it's not what you want to see in theory as your team go down. But the the amount of pressure and the amount of you know the well, the thing that happens with your fans when you're in the Premier League and there's there's that yeah, obsession yeah. with Champions League and things. Was it nice to just have a season where you're playing well, you, like Barnsley and stuff in in the Championship? You were away, weren't you, Steve? You were living down in Norwich at the time. I was. I lived in Norwich. I was down there from just before relegation up until the, the season after we came back up. Um, so it was like a whole day for me anyway. But we, we, we seemed to be on Sky every week. We drew with the Hawthorns' first game of the season, which was always going to be a hard game. And the first home game, we beat Redden 3-0, and Sean, I got a hat-trick. And it was at that point where I just thought, well, we'll get the cigars out now. Yeah. Um, because we're not <laughs> going to make a mess of this. And sure enough, we're... In, in the January window, we bought Fitzhall, Wayne Routledge, Mike Williamson, and a couple more. And defences at the time had really concentrated on Gutierrez to the point where he was getting marked out of the games. All of a sudden, Routledge on one side, Gutierrez on the second side. Every week, we, have, we seemed to beat teams 5-6-0, 5-6-1. It was brilliant. It was, I thoroughly recommend was, relegation. I would, yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone. It's a great fun. Did you, did you come back up? If we'd still been down there like Middlesbrough, it would be a bit grim, like, but... Did you, not, did you not get sick of having to hear Tom Hark the Piranhas all the time, though? What's that? Did you not get sick of having to hear Tom Hark by the Piranhas all the time, though? What's that? I don't know what that is. You know, like, in the Championship, they're always playing that da-da-da-da, music oh, anytime anyone scores. Oh, they don't do that at our place. They don't no, do no, that. But I'm saying like yeah, the other teams you played against, or maybe oh, not right. against it. We, we didn't. Fortunately, we didn't concede a great many goals, so that 
the, the worst ones, um, actually, in Norwich, when they do Samba de Janeiro at Cover Road. <laughs> but it's like, oh, it, it's, shit, that, isn't it? it's horrible, but the way they do it, it's as if they found like MP3 from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, so it sounds like it's in a bucket kind of thing. It's horrible. Bucket, yeah. It's absolute. Oh man, I, I, I quite like Norwich as a club. I, 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 I haven't lived down there, you know. I kind of got a bit of a, a bit of an affinity for them. But Jesus, it's Christ! That's a, it's horrible to hear. <laughs> you know, Hartlepool um, play the Captain Pugwash theme tune when they score the goal. <laughs> of course they do. That's brilliant. They genuinely do. Yeah, I know they do. It's yeah, great. It's fantastic. fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. I'd rather if you are going to play gold music, you've got to make it something. You've got to make it something different, haven't you? You can't just have that or that that you know some engineer whatever. Or that, yeah, that's the other one, isn't it? You've got to have like I don't know. Do you want to be in my gang by the glitter band or something like that? You know, it's got to be something a bit different, hasn't it? It's got it jingle jangle jewelry. Yeah, it's got to be something slightly different. It can't just be you know that. Play some nice classical music. You just baffle the fuck out of everybody whenever they're If you must insist on gold music, which is the most Stoke City thing in the entire world, um, you know, at least put some good music on. I put think I'd like, like, thinking about it now, I'd have um, Feel Good Hit of the Summer by Queen of the Stone Age. Yeah, great choice. I'll put a bit of Led Zeppelin on or something. Just anything. Just something a bit different, you know? A bit of immigrant song. Yeah, that'll, that'll be great gold music. That'll be fine. That'd be good music to come out to, actually. Yeah. I don't mean, like, to announce to your parents that you're gay. I mean, to come out onto the pitch. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Mama, come from the land of the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, fuck off back the ice and snow, then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, scoreline. Tottenham versus Newcastle. Bestie, what do you reckon? 2-1 uh, to the Tottenham's. Oh, Taylor? Um, I'm going to say... 2-0 to Spurs. Right. Spurs. I can't see who's scoring when Remy's not on the pitch. So I, I think Dion might come good in time, but I, yeah, I fancy I fancy Tottenham to win this one. Yeah. Oh. Raji, what about you, mate? Um the way our looks going at the minute after Everton, um you never know. So um I, mean, I don't know, we could nick it one nil, two one or we could draw. I think they'll I think both teams will score. So it'll either be two one or Two one to either side or one all. So that, that's me sitting on the fence. You've really, really covered, covered all the bases there, haven't you, Raj? That's excellent. It might be two <laughs> all or three two to somebody. I'm, I'm not entirely that, sure. That was a bit Jamie Redknapp of you there, Raj. I'm going to be honest, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we might win, we might lose more fucking draw. Who knows? You know, who knows? I don't know. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, terrific. Football. Yeah, excellent. I'm going to say two one Newcastle and get called a disgrace by my own fans once again. You're going for a two one Newcastle win. You obviously hasn't haven't watched us very much recently. You haven't watched us very much recently, then, mate, either. Uh, you're still winning games, though, that's the thing. True, you're still, true. Still winning games. Who do you reckon will win on the uh, the touchline out of Pardew and uh, Sherwood, though? Because um, if they're getting, like, a, a swearing match or something, that'll be where the real action is. They'll both be in Aspas Band by, by 11 o'clock in the night time, won't they? They'll both be in the casino on the corner. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got John Carver, who, who loves a rook, loves a rook. Mm. So uh, he, I, I think Pardew and Sherwood might be well behaved, but I think John Carver probably. Like, haven't you got? Haven't they got sexy Les Ferdinand on the bench though? Oh, right? Les, of course, Les. He only likes smashing up the Blue Peter Garden though, mate. So I think Carver's yeah. in. Uh, <laughs> you would have been so lucky when we had Joe Jordan there. He was an horrible bastard, but yeah. yeah. Joe Jordan, yeah, that's right. Didn't he square? He squared up the Gennaro Gattuso, didn't he? In uh, in Italy. Yeah, in, uh, in, right, the San, in the San Siro, yeah. 
Yeah. That's a good one. Do you know, I'll pick your fights there, mate. It was stony. No, because Gennaro Gattuso just like went halfway across the pitch thinking that, you know, Joe Jordan's going to sort of bottle it. And all you see is Joe Jordan just whip his glasses off and just stand there giving him this like, <laughs> this stony face look. Yeah, that's it. He's, yeah, a right man. He's a frightening man. Sure. To be honest, uh, it'll be nice to see, it'll be nice to see Les Ferdinand back in Newcastle again. Uh, even if he is just sitting on the bench as his team turn us over. So he's, he's still my up. favorite ever Newcastle player. Still, is he? Yep. He's up there for me. He is up there for me, definitely. Sir Les. Sir Les. Sir Les of David. Do you, do you guys still have a soft spot for David? Santon. No. <laughs> <laughs> You twat. Um <laughs> David Ginola here. Um yeah, well we see him nearly every week on BT Sport anyway, don't we? So it's not like we're pining for him. He's quite good. Did you see him when he called that um Dan thingy a wanker on It was good that wasn't it? Yeah. On, on, yes. on live. That was, that was great that he had a go at his jeans, didn't he say, Oh nice to see you've uh, dressed up for the occasion, you know, turn around and like wanker sign behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive, oh shit, sorry, but I apologise about that. Yeah, no, he's it, he, he's he's still a bit of a he's still a bit of an enigma, isn't he, David Ginola up here? Especially we were talking to I'm just gonna name drop here, Bestie, if that's all right with you. No, he can't for me. He can't for me. Yeah, all right. We were talking to Rob Lee the other night, who was our I saw, I saw. How was it? Oh, it was it was glorious, man. He was grand, wasn't he? Three men in a hotel room and an exciting sort of crackle in the air, you know. Who knew what could happen? But uh, yeah, it was great. It was really good. He had so he had so much good uh, good crack about about the club and about his time there and everything. And but he was saying about Ginola, like he was he was such an enigma. He was you know he would he would absolutely frustrate the life out of you one minute and then the next minute he would just score an absolute world class goal. Um, and I'm sure he was the same for you guys. But I remember that goal he scored for you was against Barnsley and I think it was in the FA Cup. Or was it in the Premier League? I can't remember. No, it's it the FA Cup. 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 It's the FA Cup. He just ran round everyone. Yeah, he, I think he took on. He took on three. He took on three stewards. I think he went past lad selling programs. And was, was, it, was, it, was, it, was that the quarter final or the semi? It was quarter, wasn't it? It's quarter uh, finals, yeah. Yeah, quarter, it might have even been the fifth round. To be honest with you, because I'm, I'm sure that that was the year that we beat you at Old Trafford in the semi. Probably, you always beat us, as I said earlier. <laughs> Oh, that's right. When, when Andy, was... Andy Griffin, well, Andy Griffin, marked you know, the game at all. I remember that really well. Which is is that? It's, no, it's not the same. There wasn't the one season you fucking you smashed us about seven one in the cup as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah that was. Uh, I think about Kieran Dyer scored one from twenty yards out and just side footed past. Will it be Ian Walker and goal at the time? Probably or some other lampish shite. Yeah, I'm trying to keep my thought of how I think Ian Walker. Uh, Casey Keller. Neil uh, could have been. Oh, Neil Sullivan, he was at Doncaster, wasn't he? A couple of years ago. Yeah. Good, huh? Well, I, think, I think that was the second, that might have been the year we got to the semis and got beat off Chelsea. Yeah. Wasn't that year the year that Patrick Clive had scored? Oh, that was a that was a 1-0. Um, it's in James, as I seem to recall, 2004-ish. That was against Chelsea, though, that, wasn't it? That was a bit it? later, then. Uh, I, I think he did it against Tottenham as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, did he? he definitely scored yeah, against us. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think, that I, watched that. I think I actually watched that game in London as well, but it was being played at St James's Park. I can't remember. I might be wrong with that. It was. I was. I remember. I was there. I'm sure because he scored an identical one against Chelsea. Neapolis header. Memory serves. Yeah, I was probably pissed. I can't remember. Um. But yeah, coming back to Ginola, man. Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. He was. He, there was. There was times when when you just wished he would book his ideas up and just even just track back a little bit. You know. 
but he just didn't want to. Um, and then sometimes he would do something unbelievable and you would forgive all that, you know? I suppose yeah. there's, there's a lot of the Hutton Benafas in him as well, I suppose. There we go. David Ginola. Right, lads, well, thank you very much for giving us your time this evening. It's been a, 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 a hoot a minute, as ever, as it was the last time. It's been very it's, it's been very real. Thank you. That's all right, lads. And again, any Spurs fans listening, you should check out the Taylor and Bestie podcast. They're very, very funny gentlemen. So uh, <laughs> worth a listen for anyone that's actually interested in football and not just Tottenham. There you go. All right, lads, have a, have a good one. And uh, hopefully we'll do you Cheers, over man. on the week. Well, not on the weekend, on the midweek. Cheers, man. Bye-bye, Stephen. Good night. God, yeah, love, you, love you to speak. Yes, boys, uh, take care. See you later. See you after. Bye. Thank you very much to uh, Taylor and Bestie there. We didn't we didn't get a chat about uh, Smelly Bob again this time, but I wasn't sure because it, it was actually Bestie's friend, wasn't it, who had passed away was Smelly Bob, so it might be no. No, I didn't really want to bring because Taylor spoke to us about it when Bestie wasn't on it the last time. But uh, no, they're a good value as ever. The Hawaii, the Geordie lads. So thanks for coming on. Um, how do you see the game going, Wendy? I've, I, I've predicted that it's going to. I think two-one loss. To be honest, I can see Newcastle doing it. It's never, never particularly a, a, a fixture that's too favourable to Tottenham. I don't think anyway. No, we've got an awful record there, but actually, I think we're playing them at the perfect time. Um, in terms of their injuries and suspensions, Remy's got one more game to miss through suspension. Teote's a doubt. I'm not sure if he's going to make it or not. Um, Debussy went off in the last game. Colacini's still out. I've, I think we'll do them. I've got a good feeling. They've lost their last four at home as well. Um, I've got a good feeling that we'll beat them. I think probably 3-1. I think the, the, the main consistency with Tottenham Hotspur, dependent... Yeah not dependent, I should say, on management regime or playing staff, is that we always seem to be that team that either a player will break their scoring duck against or a team that's in an awful run of form will turn it around against. That's kind of my concern with this Newcastle game. I know what you mean. It always seems that players uh, end a long barren spell against Spurs, doesn't it? Um, And actually, De Jong, um, who they signed in, in January... Um, we'll be playing up front, I imagine. I think he he didn't start a game for Munchen Glad back. I think he made something like 15 substitute appearances so far this season, but he's, he's, he'll be starting with Newcastle, so expect him to pop up with a goal. Um, but, I mean, I, I think the um, the Everton result, although we didn't play very well, I think getting their result was the all-important thing, and that will give the boys some, some confidence going into this one. And, you know, we, we were doing well away under AVB. We're doing... Well away under Sherwood as well, and I think that's true. I know lots we of people are very critical of. Well, uh, to be fair, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, it probably says a lot about our home, our home crowd, to be quite honest. But I think <laughs> a lot of people are being quite um, harsh on Sherwood. I think it's important to remember that he's only been in charge for a, for what eight weeks, um, and so far he's, he's he's won six in the league. He's drawn a few. He's, he's lost one, uh, and it's it's not. Although we haven't played well in in the majority of the games, the results are going our way. So long may it continue. Do you, do you think we'll start with Adebayor and Soldado in this game? The away game, 4-4-2, do you think we'll go? I hope not. Right, I don't think Soldado deserves to start. No, I think, I think we'll, um, we'll only start with the one up front, hopefully. 
um, especially away from home. Um, although Newcastle aren't playing well, they're, they're not to be disrespected or anything like that. I think one one player up front should do is fine, um, especially given the fact that you know the two players up top haven't worked as well, and and Soldado doesn't doesn't look like he's he's up to that formation. Uh, he may play default there. Um, we never know. But um, if I may, uh, Wendy, ask you about Sherwood some more. Um, what do you think he, he has to do in order to, to stay beyond the summer, if, if you think he's going to stay beyond at all? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think a few people have been asking that. I think to expect him to finish fourth, um, having been sort of thrown in the deep end into his first management job with a bunch of players that, probably weren't his first choice signings um although i'm you know some people do think he had a say in the transfer um committee as it was called um i think to finish fourth would be a big ask but having said that there's some you know united's forms pretty ropey it could come down to between um us and liverpool really in the battle for fourth and everton depending on how they carry on uh whether they can maintain their form so he's got a chance i think he probably ha- he Top five, I reckon, and they'd probably give him another year or start him on another year. Um, but then you never know with Levy. He, he's he's so quick to pull the trigger, isn't he, as we saw with AVB. Would you want to see a man in a gilet managing the Champions League? <laughs> I don't ever want to see a man in a gilet, frankly. I think um, Jupp Heckness wore a gilet, didn't he? What was that? You pankers, do you mean? You pankers, nookerness. Yeah, that's me being all cultural, Baines. Yeah, you pankers. I think you wore that for warmth because, you know, he's about 80 years old, so he didn't want to die on the touchline more than anything else. With his thermal blanket on the side. I think that Tim Sherwood generally thinks he, he looks quite good in that. Did you see that Gary Monk was wearing one as well? There's something about mediocre players and first-time managers wearing gilets on the touchline. That's an epidemic we've got to stop at the moment. It's quite a parallel there, but the Swansea fans seem to be firmly behind Gary Monk. I guess it, it might be more similar to uh, to Ledley King taking over for us. Like He's a bit of a club legend of sorts, isn't he, Monk, at Swansea? Got to be slightly depressing if your club legend is Gary Monk. I apologise to the Swansea lads that listen to the podcast. For, <laughs> for that, I just that, think that. there's probably um, Swansea's fans are a little bit more positive and, and ours seem to have a... <laughs> a sense of expectation and entitlement that's that frustrates the hell out of me. Um, and I, I think personally that, you know, we haven't got a lot of say in, in who our manager is. So the least we can do is get behind him and, and, and try and support him. It'd be nice to hear Sherwood's name sung, for example, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. I can't, to be honest. But I, I think my, my thoughts on the whole thing are that, and I said this last week as well, Raj, that, I don't want to see the club in a state of constant upheaval. You know, we've we've given Sherwood an eighteen month contract and I hope that we honour that now. And if he is doing a decent job after the eighteen months, regardless of my you know, my feelings about him, then why not keep him on? You know, if we if we're still hitting fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth place, I don't see why we would change that again and it just put the club into into that sort of state of upheaval. It yeah. just seems completely pointless to keep doing that. I think I've said in the past that if he gets fourth, then I think there's no reason whatsoever for him to get sacked because that was the that was the club's objective at the start of the season. And if he's managed to come into the situation he has then and, and, and achieve that in the manner he has, no matter the results, if he gets fourth place, and that's the main main goal in, in the club's eyes and, and I guess the fans as well, then I think he, he should be able to, to stay on beyond the summer. However, if he, if he gets fifth or anywhere lower than that... Um, 
I can't see Levy wanting to keep him. I think Levy will take that as the as the excuse he needs to get the more glamorous name in to get the the Van Hal or the De Boer type in. He'll, see, he'll do his very my, best. My problem with De Boer though is that I think that the the guy is obviously a very talented young manager, but I can see it transpiring to be another just AVB type thing in that a lot of the fans won't like him. A lot of them will. He'll have kind of, you know, he'll he'll probably bobble along in a similar kind of vein to what Sherwood's doing and then just ultimately end up getting sacked. Um, and I, I don't know if that's indicative of my thoughts to toward Enik or what I feel that De Boer's capable of. But I, I just think that to, to to get rid of someone like Sherwood now and to bring in another kind of young, unproven manager would, would be foolhardy. I mean, Van Gaal, of course, like, you know, if, if he's in the offing and he wants a job, then that's a, a no-brainer, as the irritating Kevin Bacon advert would say. Um, the thing to but, always remember with Louis Van Gaal is, though, he's hardly the the most uh, you know balanced character in the world. He... He has fallen out with, and he's had problems with just about every club and chairman he's been with in the world. So, if uh, if he comes in and, and does the same with Daniel Levy, then you know, there's your there's your next hire and fire gone um, as soon as things go wrong as well. So you've got to, as much as I, I can't find it within myself to ever question Levy with the amount of the amount of progress he's, he's managed to stu- in his stewardship we've made as a club. Um, his his policy of hiring and firing managers in terms of the way it goes with with other clubs as well is is um, is you know it happens. It's pretty abysmal, isn't it? Um, right. Well, I think that's that's all we've got time for on uh, rule the fighting roost, whatever it is tonight. Um, thank you very much for being an unexpected guest there, Mister Mister Windy Miller. My pleasure. Thanks for having your, me. It's good your, fun. Your, your, no, no, it's, it's always good to hear your dulcet tones, sir. And yours. Oh, well, of course. Um, if you want to listen to previous episodes of Rule of Roost, you can do so on spursstatman.com. No, no, no. You've got uh, it wrong, Chris. Wherever you need to complain, or that's if, you, it. If, we've, if we've ever said anything leg- legitimate or... I can't even say that word. What, how do you say it? <laughs> litigious. If, yeah, if we've said anything lit- litigious or salacious, you, you have to email uh, editor at thefightingcock.co.uk. That's where all our legal problems go to. So any uh, any worms or Trojan horses, editor at fightingcock.co.uk. Um, you can, you know, what articles have gone up on Spurs Statman aside from my dross? That it's I, yours, mate. Yours has gone up today. There we go. I wrote something about which... People don't seem to have read properly in that I'm getting... I'm getting... Why, who are you Sorry, I can't sing Yiddo at the club? The article isn't about saying whether or not people should sing Yid Army at the club. If you please just read it properly, you'll see that it's about us singing, we'll sing what we want, okay? Just just take that on board. But yeah, have a read of it, see what you think. Um, I've got that going up. And you can listen to all the previous episodes, of course, as well on iTunes. And on our weird Buzzsprout thing that we kind of link to. Um, be sure to follow us. Well, you can follow Windy at Windy Coys. That's Coys to come on your Spurs. He's not got many followers, so um, if you just no, help him along. Um, give him a hand. You need, we you like, we you like need all the help we can people. get. Yeah. And uh, the, of course, Roll the Roost at RTRSSM, which is mainly just Bane's trolling. Um, we've also, you can follow the boss man, which is Mr. JP. At Spurs Statman. That's a proper Myself, Twitter account. 
That's it. That is a proper Twitter account. None of this, <laughs> none of this spooky or whatever malarkey. Um, he doesn't listen anyway, so there's no point calling him out. And uh, yeah, of course, Baines at Baines XL, I, 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 um, and me at Trump. Why am I just listing out Twitter handles? That's pathetic, isn't it? It's pathetic. Stop listening now. Good night. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.